Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Serenity Strong podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me uh, today. I have a special guest with me, Sam Dancer. Remember, the object of my podcast is to never tell you what to do or how to live your life, but is to give you perspectives, optimistics, and experiences for you to um, take your life and manifest it however you would like. Uh, With me, like I said, I have Sam Dancer. I'm going to turn the mic over to him to introduce himself. Hello, everybody. Um, It's an honor and a pleasure to be on the Serenity Strong podcast with you, Shelby. Um, I am 33 years old. I am from Quincy, Illinois, and I currently live in Quincy, Illinois, where I own and run a gym with my wife. And we also have a non-for-profit called the Dance Her Love Foundation, which uh, supports individuals with uh, any any really special need. Uh, it could be financial. It could be uh, cognitive, it could be physical, um, just anyone who isn't a fully functioning um, or fully financed uh, person who could get into the gym, we help those people get in the gyms. And uh, I'm also a professional CrossFit athlete, been competing for gosh, eight years now. And um, I also have a holistic lifestyle coaching business. And yeah, that's kind of like the, the, the quick little snapshot of, of who I am and, and what I do and who I'm with. Love it. So what led you um, into competing in CrossFit? So you've been doing it for a while, you know, um, were you pretty athletic growing up, you know, sports wise? And then did you want to continue that or kind of how did those pieces fall into place? So I wasn't terribly athletic growing up. I didn't really kind of, I guess, come into my athleticism or um, my body until like I started getting some of it at the beginning of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, my all like all my other friends were seemed like light years ahead of me when it came to athleticism. Um, was never like the first one picked for teams or anything like that. Um, and I wasn't a really big guy again until high school and I got, I got bullied pretty bad. And that's when I started like getting into my body a little bit. And I, I thought if I got like big and strong, like people wouldn't pick on me anymore, uh, which is kind of true. Um, so I guess it, it worked a little bit. Um, you know, still to this day, I've never been in a fight. Nobody ever really tries to start anything with me. Um, (laughs) so I guess it worked a little bit, but, um, yeah, we started to get into football quite a bit. I was a football player for, um, most of my life until I graduated college and then just went through a little identity crisis. You know, I was a football player forever and I'm no longer a football player. So yeah. I started, you know, I, it's kind of funny. I never, and a lot of people do this. I never really thought about what I like to do um, until I didn't have anything to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I was an artist. I tried to, I tried to be, um, I tried to make it professionally as an artist for a little bit and that didn't work. Then I went into, uh, the corporate world and try to do sales. 
that lasted about three months maybe. Um, and I was like, I'm never doing anything <laughs> like this <laughs> ever again, <laughs> ever again. I was fortunate enough to have, um, our, my boss, the manager of the, the place I worked, um, he sat me down and asked me the questions, probably honestly, if I had, my father passed away when I was younger. And so if he was still around, I'm sure he would have asked me like some of these questions and prompted me into thinking some of these things maybe a little bit sooner in my life, but mm -hmm. just asked me the question of, you know, Sam, what, what do you love to do? And, um, I was like, well, I, I love, I was like, I love working out. I love teaching people about fitness and how to eat and how to just feel better. I, since playing football, I, I was really beat up when I finished uh, my body. I was in a lot of pain. Um, I wasn't overweight, but I was a big guy. I weighed like 275, which is 50, 60 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, and my, my joints hurt really bad. I had terrible asthma. Um, so I was on like a little mission to heal myself and still doing it today. I don't think it'll ever really like uh, it'll ever stop. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just started going to work on myself right after I finished football and trying to heal myself up and try to feel better. And, um, I, I, I read, uh, Paul Check's book, how to eat, move and be healthy right after I graduated. And, um, that, that book just kind of changed, changed my life and still is, still is today. It's funny when I, I, I've read it, you know, a handful of times and, um, you know, 10 plus years ago, the, the first time I read it, the, the thing that I took away from it was that I needed to go gluten-free, um, which it's really funny reading the book now because I'm like, gosh, that's all you took from it was to go gluten-free. Um, but it's, it's like, so I read that whole book. I, I went gluten-free and and a ton of inflammation went away. My asthma attacks, you know, probably cut in half. Um, and then, you know, you read the book again and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to move better. And then you, I read the book again and I'm like, oh, I need to make sure I don't, eat chemicals. And then you read the book again and you're like, Oh, I need to have a better mindset. So I just kind of kept adding on things to work on and to, you know, refine myself, evolve myself, heal myself. Um, and, uh, I went a little off track on that, but basically, uh, yeah, my, my boss helped me, helped me kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And just by simply asking that question, you know, what do I love? And I, I loved teaching people how to heal and teaching people how to move and lift weights. And I, I loved working out too. So I was like, wow, I guess, uh, I guess I want to open a gym. Okay. And then, uh, he took me around to go look at some buildings and stuff and help me put together a business plan. And right about at that same time, I learned what CrossFit was and, started kind of training for that. And then I learned that you could affiliate with CrossFit and they kind of gave you like a model, like a vision and slash. Yeah. Kind of it's, they give you a vision. They, yeah. they, that's really what you do as an affiliate. And, um, so yeah, I 
affiliated uh, a gym in 2012 and um, still doing it today. I'm no longer affiliated. Uh, we de-affiliated last year, but uh, um, still still coaching, still still training, still competing, um, and still having a good time. So um, that's kind of, I guess, where it all started and what got me into what I'm doing now. That that's awesome. So you found a passion from a guy asking you questions, right? And I feel Jason, like too, Jason Brown. Thank you, Jason Brown. <laughs> um, but you know, it's so beautiful. Is <laughs> yeah. I feel like we don't ask a lot of questions. You know, I feel like that's what because I, I think maybe one of your posts or whatever, but it resonated with me. It's like, you know, we have the answers inside of us, you know, but is it, you know, the book that we read for the third time that we understand something more, or, you know, when you work with athletes and you're giving them cues and it's finally that like hundredth time they're in the gym that they understand the cue. Right. And, um, so I just like that. It's like that never kind of give up. You know, every time that you read something, I like that you've read that book a couple of times. You went from gluten-free to moving better, to no chemicals, to mindset, which I think mindset is like huge for everybody, especially when you ask the right questions. They're like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what led you to um, de-affiliating from CrossFit? Man, we there's a couple of things. Um, and for the longest time, we were just like, man, I don't, I don't know that the marketing that we're getting from the word CrossFit is helping or hurting us. Um, every, everybody thought, I think that CrossFit was what they saw on TV, which was what I was doing, but very little of what CrossFit is in the CrossFit gym is what's happening on TV. Um, you know, so people thought, I guess, like I was going to make them walk on their hands or I was going to make them do basically things that weren't, that were impossible to them. So, uh, and of course I would never make anyone do especially anything that's impossible for them to do at the moment. Um, but that was people's perception and it, 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 it showed to be true when we de-affiliated because when we de-affiliated, um, a lot more people started joining. <laughs> that's kind of funny that when you took that, like, so when you got rid of the CrossFit name, a lot more people were like, Hey, I want to join literally the the week we got rid of it we probably had 10 people join our gym that's that's really interesting just from a name just from a name change yeah. right but it's also kind of like that stigma and not like trying to like put down crossfit but i wasn't a huge crossfit person to begin with um you know just with like that mentality of like you know balls to the wall pushing people and like we have to like be on the ground like passed out and that feeling i'm like but is that fitness? And I saw yeah, some, the whole no pain, no gain thing. Yeah. You know, or like pukey. And I saw something that's like, you know, <laughs> with that, you're just chasing an endorphin. It's not fitness, you know? And like, why are people getting hurt and why are people not getting better? I mean, now you can see the, the evolution, you know, more people are understanding like, okay, so we need more like 
bodybuilding, you know, movements, we need more accessory pieces, you know, we need more of like the whole body versus just the endorphins of the workout. Yeah. 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 True that. And uh, like another thing that kind of led us to the deaffiliation was like, um, I, I could totally see that Greg, um, Greg had different ideas and, and he was very vocal about how he, he didn't like the, like the CrossFit games and the athletes were not a priority to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 2019, when they, they changed the way that you qualify, like you didn't even have to do it through the open anymore. Yeah. I was just like, what is going on with this place? And it, it, it at that time, it seemed honestly, CrossFit seemed pretty unstable and volatile for a while. Uh, but the culture was so strong that I think that's what kept us in it for the longest time. But eventually it just got too erratic and Greg's behavior was too, uh, un- like, not that I'm trying to predict everything and control everything, but he just seemed like a loose cannon man. And, and the, like, I'm, I'm down for things to change with amongst how the affiliates operate and how the sport is played. Um, but to just have it all be at the, you know, the command of this guy who clearly didn't even care about us Mm -hmm. seemed, seemed like a waste of my dollars. Um, so I stopped, yeah, we stopped paying the, uh, affiliate fee last year and, um, and, <laughs> and we, we say, we wish we would have done it sooner. And then all this stuff starts to happen too, you know? So I hate to say that, like, I saw all that coming, but like, and make it seem like I had some sort of like prophecy or something, but I think a lot of people did see it coming and, and knew it was only a matter of time before, uh, um, that man, even though he's a genius and I've met him and he's a, actually a, a really sweet guy. Uh, and he's a really smart dude. Um, but like most of us, like all of us, he's, he's got some demons, he's got some things he's working on and, uh, and some, and, and some of those things I think get in the way of him being able to consistently, uh, show us his, his, his genius and his, and his sincerity and his, and his passion. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm in a way I'm still, even though he's said some dumb shit and he's made himself kind of look a little foolish, uh, and, and CrossFit look a little foolish. Um, I have nothing like ill against him. I, I, I'm still very grateful for what he's been able to accomplish and uh, I'm still appreciative for uh, um, yeah, what he's created and how he's, how he, I mean, there's other people who I guess wouldn't say the same thing, but he's always been nice to me uh, mm-hmm. and his company has always been um, there for me whenever I, I did need anything. But again, it just, things look too uh, erratic and his, and the, his behavior and, and the games and stuff were all, um, seemed just really like it was kind of all spiraling out of control. And I was like, damn, we need to get out of here before, you know, something 
like what just happened happened. Right. <laughs> but I mean, intuition's huge. And I think a lot of times we forget to really listen to our intuition. And like you said, I don't, I, from just knowing who you are via social media, I don't think that you would wish ill will on anybody. You know, you're like, hey, we understand that. We're like you said, we're working through demons. We got things that, you know, we're working on. And sometimes maybe we don't think, you know, the best, you know, or do things that are true to us. But, you know, he's done a lot for fitness in general, you know, getting people to um, work on their bodies and better themselves and focus on nutrition and fitness. So, um, being a games athlete, right. And, um, just like kind of training with that, how, how has that kind of changed your life, you know, coming together and you could see you guys like all coming together and supporting each other, you know, no matter what competition's coming up, whether it's like Wadapalooza, the games, you know, how has, has that kind of really transformed your life? Wow. It's really almost like, it's quite crazy, really. I mean, I could never imagine any of these things. Like, I was literally just exercising because I loved it and doing these things because they were, they were fun to me. And I never had really any dreams of, like, honestly, even competing. I just, like... I just love to exercise and love to train people. And to the mm -hmm. point that I did it, I did it for free. Um, I used to coach these classes in the park, uh, twice a day for free. And, and, you know, then I got enough people telling me that they're like, Hey, you're, you know, you're pretty good at this. You should, you should go compete. And I'd see it on TV too. And I'd be like, gosh, dang, I, I can do all that stuff. I should go compete. And then I tried it out and, did pretty well for my first time and uh, kept getting better and still getting better today. I'm still learning new things. And although I'm getting older and I don't recover as fast and uh, I'm not as strong as I used to be in my twenties, but I'm still learning new things and getting better at things that the younger athletes don't like to put time into. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, still, still, fairly competitive. Um, I, I don't think that I'll ever truly devote myself to, uh, the training. I'm happy with what I put in now and the results that I get and the level at which I can compete. Um, mm -hmm. I, so gosh, it's really, I've traveled the world. <laughs> like I, it's, it's, I've met a, all my best friends are through through fitness and through competition. Some of my fondest memories over the past eight years have been while traveling for competition and being out on the competition floor and um, and yeah it's it's really yeah it's 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 incredible what's what it's what the result of of me getting into competing has resulted in and, and all the doors that it's opened and all the, all the friends that I've made. I'm just like, it's, it's crazy to reflect on that and, uh, even try to put it into words. What, what, what is a result of, of me competing and, and what's come of it all. So it's, it's, um, 
you know, and, and also at the same time, trying not to over identify with myself as a competitor. It's still, there's a big chunk of change of my life that has been put into that jar. And, um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for, um, everything that's come of it. So it's, yeah, it's tough to put into words, man, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I'm still doing it <laughs> because it's amazing. So, uh, I I don't plan on ever really stop unless I can no longer be um, unless I can no longer qualify, thus be competitive, um, or if I'm just not having fun anymore. And I, I ask myself every year uh, at the end of the competition season, like, did I have fun? Do I still love doing this? Was it worth the investment of my time? And yes, is always the answer or at least it has been. So, um, I plan on continuing to compete and, um, I still love training and still love coaching people. So that's what I'm doing. I like that you said that you have a check-in with yourself to make sure that you're still having fun because that kind of really resonated with, you know, like the identity with yourself as a competitor, because you are Sam, you know, and there's a lot of hats that you wear and kind of having that identification of you've been doing that for so long and like you're an athlete, you know, and the people that you've been able to inspire along the way, you know, like when fans meet you and they want to take a picture with you and that you were able to like impact their life is I bet something just over the top, you know, right? When you're like, oh shit, you want Wild. a picture you want a picture with me? I mean, yeah. how do you know when you start something what the outcome's gonna be? You know, and like you said too, like you're older than you were, well, duh, but you're older than you were when you first started competing. So you're not recovering as, you know, quickly as you used to. And you have to be a little smarter with your training. Like I've noticed as I've gotten older, I mean, I'm not like CrossFit Games material, but I still like to compete that um, I work out less. I go work out maybe like four tops five days a week and I recover and I can feel a difference. Like my relative strength is there. I know I'm not as strong as I used to be, but it's not like I'm weak by any means too. Yeah. So with competition, you know, there's people who get into CrossFit and they like see that like shiny gold, you know, object and they're like, I want to do this. I'm all in. I'm like, how would you help somebody or maybe some advice for somebody who wants to compete, right? Um, you know, maybe just like three words of advice to help them have the best edge in competition. Man, um, I would say probably something along the lines of learn how to meet your, um, energetic needs, um, through calories, um, and make sure that the the energy that you're choosing um, to solve your your cravings or whatnot are quality things. So just make sure you find quality solutions to your cravings, um, and that you you really learn. I tell even people who come into the gym that aren't trying to compete. I'm like, it's really important to meet learn how to meet your resting energetic needs. So just your resting metabolic rate and knowing how to eat enough calories to support that. Because it seems that most people don't eat enough. Um, even people who aren't competing, 
even people who are overweight. Um, it seems that most of the time they, they, they do not meet their, uh, their energetic needs. Uh, and the reason a lot of people are, are look overweight, I think is because they're eating toxic food and, um, and they're kind of like either or starving themselves and then binging. Um, and then they're just, their body's trying to hold on to as much as it can because it doesn't know when its next meal is going to come. So, um, that would be number one, learn how to meet your, your energetic needs of your, your training. Uh, a whoop strap is really helpful for that. Just like, or you can go get these, uh, DEXA scans and stuff, which will tell you what your, you know, your, and like I said, just meeting your resting needs. Like if you were going right. to sit on a couch for 24 hours, do you know how to, how to feed yourself enough food? Do you know what that looks like? Like, do you know what 5,000 calories looks like on a table um, div- divided up into four to six meals? Like, do you, do you actually visually, can you imagine what 5,000 calories looks like? And can you consume that? Um, like, because eating a lot of food to meet the training needs is very difficult. Uh, it's a lot of food. Um, it becomes almost like full-time job status. Um, and it's, it's another reason why I don't spend my entire year, um, to win the CrossFit games. Um, because it's like, it is like a full-time job and I, I like it as a part-time job. Um, I, I like, there's other, I like to do. Um, and and what I do is I just, when it, it gets to like competition time, uh, like a month out, I will start increasing my calories and um, eating, yeah, eating way more food and um, and upping my training and all that stuff. So that's like kind of a way that I avoid doing you know, doing that all year round. So learn how to meet your energetic needs um, and make sure you are finding quality solutions to those needs. Um, and it's it's really easy to want to eat things that are uh, heavily modified. And, um, because like, you know, you can get way more calories from an Oreo than you can, you know, some broccoli and chicken. Um, so it's, it's easy to want to take those options, but because they do work calorically, like they, like they will provide you with energy. Um, but you're going to be missing, and this is kind of funny. I'm like, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Like, <laughs> macros is still like a a really popular thing, and macros is like is very. Again, you need to know macros. You need to understand macros. You need to. That was like my number one thing. But equal to that is the quality of food that you're eating, um, and. I really just tell people that make sure you're eating living food, um, you know, things that are pasteurized or, uh, or highly processed, almost like rolls you into continuing to eat really weird shit. Um, so number one, meet your energetic needs. Uh, I would say like 1.5 because a big part of that is just making sure that it's quality. Um, and then a, again, a whoop strap will help you understand maybe what your caloric needs are. And, um, breathing, I would put that really high up into the category. Um, breathing, doing nasal breathing is 
I've tried to work with some younger athletes and they just like blow me off. <laughs> they just like, they, they don't want to do the things that don't look like they're helping. Um, the you know, so like you were talking about accessory work. Yep. Like nobody wants to just like, if it can't get likes on Instagram, it's not worth doing. Um, you know, so <laughs> really gives me uh, a lot of confidence and knowing like I can still compete with these guys because they're not doing everything that it takes to be, um, great. And, um, so nasal breathing, um, and just getting in touch with your breath and learning how to, uh, move with your breath. So how to, how to have your movement be synonymous with your breath and, and just to have consciousness of your breath while you're exercising. Um, and eventually you want that consciousness to expand into, you know, not only can you be aware of your breath while you're moving, but you can be aware of the time. Uh, you can be aware of space and distance, you know, and how much further ahead someone is than you and, and, and where you might need to push it a little bit harder. So, and you know where the clock is and you know that you have two minutes left in the workout and stuff. So, um, but that all started playing fundamental. And then, gosh, the last one for a top three, I might go into three and four, four but comparing yourself to other, comparing yourself to other people, um, it seems is, is very problematic for a lot of athletes. Like they'll see someone doing this, this conditioning and this conditioning and this conditioning. And you're like, Oh shit. Like this person's training way more than me. I need to train more. Um, and that's just not really the case. Um, and so just don't compare yourself to other people and learn what your personal Personal needs are uh, to feel good and perform well, um, and use you can use you know some of those markers to inspire you and motivate you and 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 set up a plan and a trajectory for where you want to be at a certain time with your performance. But just on daily comparing yourself is just going to create a bunch of like anxiety and and it's just going to get in your head and um and then just like um just learning learning how to set your day up so that you're sleeping well i think our sleep tells us a lot about our wellness and and uh so if you're not sleeping well it's like a really good indicator that something's not going right throughout your day so just to keep chipping away at improving your sleep quality. Uh, and that is from, you know, your, whether or not you're tossing and turning, how many times are you waking up? Can you fall asleep? Um, are you really cold? And how do you feel when you wake up? Do you feel good and happy? And I always, uh, happy, hungry and horny. Um, so making sure that you're waking up with, with, with those things, like, so you're waking up like starving and like, you're ready to eat a meal. 
um, and you're happy or like you, the first thing you think about, you can't talk to anybody before you have your coffee. Um, like that's a good indicator that something's not, uh, something's not right. Uh, or I don't want to say something's not right. You could improve something, um, um, in regards to your sleep hygiene and, and such. And, and yeah, so those kind of things, and those are, those are the things that people don't want to hear. most people would want to hear, uh, you need to run extra, pull this much sled and you need to get these, this many muscle ups in a week and this many handstand pushups. Like that's what people really want to hear, but it's the truth. It's necessary. It's 100% necessary. I'm just like agreeing with like, yes, this is it. Um, you know, less is more type thing too. You know, we don't always need to add more to our plate, especially with like water and sleep and nutrition and quality versus quantity. Ooh, good. There you go. Water. I'm yeah. surprised I didn't say water. I'm like a water nerd. Um, my, de- my father was actually, uh, the pioneer of bottling water. Um, and like he was working with scientists. This is 30 years ago on some really remarkable things about water. Like for instance, like blessing your water or praying over your water and what that will do to the structure of the water. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of structured water. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you were to look up M-R-E-T, that's M-R-E-T devices that help structure your water, vortexing devices that structure your water, and then making sure that your water is like filtered and, and properly mineralized. Um, one of my favorite, my favorite things to do is get a, I have a soda stream and then there's this magnesium that you can get from, uh, live, live pristine. And, uh, it's, you can make your own magnesium bicarbonate, uh, which is one of the most like bioavailable forms of magnesium, which is an electrolyte, um, that you can possibly get. And then I add some extra, uh, salts to it to get uh, some other electrolytes too. But water is humongous. I cannot, I'm like, I am embarrassed that I didn't say that first. Um, but at least, at least half your body weight in ounces, uh, at least half your body weight in ounces of water and making sure that it's filtered and remineralized. And uh, a lot of people don't know this. They think that like filtered water is like super good for you. And filtered water is really clean but it's missing um, these uh, neutralizing minerals, which basically, um, so if, you're, if your water's just filtered, it's going to be acidic. Um, so you need to put the minerals back in there to neutralize the pH or else you'll just be drinking acidic water. And um, we're already kind of fighting this quite a bit with, uh, with our soil situations worldwide and, and acid rain and um, the industrial revolution, you know, kind of has, has really hampered a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of this in regards to, uh, making us overly acidic beings. So, um, make sure you add minerals to your filtered water, drink half your body weight in ounces. And, uh, I like to add either like Celtic, uh, sea salt, or, um, there are these, some people talk shit on it, but uh, these trace mineral drops, um, yeah. just, they, they work real easily. Um, 
So, yeah. I feel like people are so quick to talk shit because it's going to affect them in the pocket. You know, nobody wants to talk about these unsexy things or educating people or helping them understand something because then they can't capitalize off of it or make money. It's like, well, we need to empower people that we need to be like listening to our body more and you have the answers inside of you. And, um, with water, uh, what would you say if somebody doesn't have a hydro stream, you know, um, what would be your best, like, um, go to, right? Like if you, you know, um, there's a bottle of water that you like, is there a company that you like? Yeah. Good question. Uh, if your finances can afford it, uh, the same company that I mentioned about the magnesium bicarbonate live pristine. Um, they have another division called pristine hydro and their reverse osmosis system not only cleans the water, but also remineralizes it. So you don't have to worry about adding minerals to their system. Um, but if you don't have the finances for it, uh, and I actually enjoy this, I like going and getting my water. Um, it makes me feel kind of like I'm like providing for the family. I'm going like to the well to get water or something like that. But (laughs) I just go to, um, and most, most places have a couple water banks like this. Uh, grocery stores have usually RO units that you can, uh, bring a five gallon jug and fill up, but I fill up, uh, usually two five gallon, uh, jugs a week. I've got these glass, glass five gallon jugs that I really like. And I have a, a stand that I flip it upside down in and I, uh, I squirt some of those trace mineral drops into the five gallon jug or, um, or I used to put a couple pinches of Celtic sea salt into the water. So go get filtered water from a, um, and it doesn't have to be RO, uh, distilled water is just, just as good. Um, so just make sure you're yeah, remineralizing it. And if you're really nerdy about it and you want to get like pH strips and, and make sure that you are, um, getting a, a proper pH, I'm not super big on like drinking alkaline water, um, just neutral water. Um, some people praise that stuff. Uh, I'm not sure I'm, I'm bought into that. Um, so I just promote neutral water. Um, I, anytime, uh, I tell people they, they don't know the answer to something anyway, uh, to just say the middle, um, you know, somewhere in the middle. So neutral balanced, um, not too far, right. Not too far left. And, yeah. So if you have any uncertainty, choose, choose the middle. It's like Goldilocks and the three bears, not too hot, not too cold. Just right. And, um, just real quick. So when Sam was talking about like pH yeah. levels, um, there's a scale from one to 10, one is really acidic, 10 is not, and seven is in the middle. So when he's talking about alkaline, it's like more on that 10 range and then acidics like around the lower, uh, levels. Nice. Smart lady. I got, yeah. Well, I mean, I dedicated my life to wanting to better my body and helping people see that, you know, we don't need to live in this commercialized world. There's more to that. Um, and I love what you preach, you know, um, stay classy meats and getting your meats mm. 
from, you know, the mountains where there are better minerals. Dude, um, that's lot- been one of the greatest changes we've made to our nutrition No shit. is getting quality sourced flesh foods. It is, gosh, again, no words for how much of a game changer that has been for us. Um, okay. And so, yeah, find if you can't, and if you can't find a local ranch or something like that, then yeah, then you can go to stay classy meats, but, um, you know, try to support some local stuff. And, uh, if, if you don't have that availability for where you live, know that there's a company called stay classy meats that, uh, has all these ranchers in Montana, which these, these animals are getting fed really, really, really well. And, and it's, it's been a, um, I, I attribute a lot of that to us getting pregnant. Um, I, I think that was one of the things that really, really helped. Not that we were trying to get pregnant, but is what signaled basically to Jenny's body, uh, that she's safe, um, and that she's taken care of. And I think as soon as she got like enough of those, um, signals, that's when her body was just like, baby. Um, so that, yeah, yeah. Eat, eat good flesh foods. It's worth, it's worth, I know it's a scary price point, you know, even at the grocery store buying the things that are grass fed, grass finished are quite a bit more expensive. Um, but it's, it's just so worth it because you're not going to have to spend your money on, on other things to reverse the damage that you did from eating, uh, commercially raised flesh foods. And we, we just have to stop supporting. We have to stop supporting commercial farms. We have to, um, both, both with flesh foods and with produce. It's just, if there's anything that's really tearing us apart, uh, and tearing the planet apart, it's, it's that, it's that type of behavior. Um, so I just, I really encourage anyone who's listening to this to, um, just trust trust that you're going to be okay financially uh and you're you're going to end up saving more money probably than you will be spending because of your how well you are you're not going to have to buy these probiotics or these enzymes and these sleep aids and these all these different things that um a lot of people are having to do just because they're not getting good nutrition. Um, so good nutrition, um, would do a lot for ourselves individually and for our planet too. So if we could start, um, sourcing our meat and produce from more local, local ranchers and farmers and, and yeah, it, it's, it's going to help us all out. So please do that. Preach it, man. I just, you know, I was not joking around, but like selfishly, I wanted you on this podcast so I could just, you know, pick your brain because you have had so many different experiences and different hats that you've worn, you know, um, with your competition, you've been able to meet a lot of people who are like trying to revolutionize and help our bodies out. And I just feel like you have so much to offer this world that I'm just so happy that you have given advice because it's really good. I planned, my friend and I planned the garden this year and it's been so, wow. it's been so awesome. We have a 20 by 50 foot plot 
and we have like lettuce and tomato and just, um, but whatever. And it's so awesome. I spent three hours out there the other day, like picking weeds and tending wow. to my garden and, you know, just being one with nature, listening to gu- guitar music. And it was so freeing, you know, I was just having lots of thoughts and just being one with nature is like incredible. And I feel like we were just so pulled away. Um, and it really resonated when you did your live um, broadcast when you guys were on vacation and just being one with nature and getting back to that and, you know, getting away from our phones and, you know, just the connection and being connected to the earth. Cause that's, we need to be, you know, yes. so, um, what would you say is your spirit animal? Oh, it's a turtle. Yay. What makes it a turtle? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that I have any like acute moments that really, um, made me more fond of the turtle. Um, but gosh, I just feel like it's always been so years and years and years and years ago, I was deep sea fishing and I thought I got my line like stuck. Um, but we kept pulling on it, pulling on it, pulling on it. And this huge sea turtle comes up and it is the size of a vehicle. Um, (gasps) it was, it was, it was so big. Um, and that really blew my mind. And I've always kind of loved like reptiles and amphibians. And we have a uh, pet turtle here at the gym, um, called Jim turtle. He, uh, (laughs) he, he wandered in here about three years ago. And, um, so yeah, just a couple, I have a couple turtle encounters and I've always loved going like to lakes or rivers and like sprinkling some food into there and waiting for the turtles to come up and then grabbing them and hanging out with the turtles for a while. So, um, yeah. So, and I'm always like, don't have any on now, but usually have like a turtle necklace on or a turtle bracelet. Um, I just got some turtle bracelets for myself, Jenny and, and baby star. So I just like the turtles. I think, uh, uh, there's, there might be some deeper meaning to all of it too. Maybe I like their, uh, I, I like their protective layers and I like their pace. I like, uh, maybe even the turtle from what was it? Finding Nemo. That guy was pretty What's cool. up, Duke? Yeah. Righteous. <laughs> so, and maybe that guy was like the sp- spirit of turtles too. And which if that's the case, then I think I'm right on track and choosing well, uh, with turtle as a spirit animal. Do you have one? Uh, yes. Unicorn. (laughs) I don't know how it, (laughs) I don't really know how it happened, but unicorn are definitely my spirit animal. People tell me I kind of have this like magical aura around me and it's just something that I kind of like happened upon. And when I worked at the last gym, I worked at not the current one, um, for Friday night lights, we would have teams and my team name was unicorn strong. And it was awesome just to see people in like all this unicorn gear. (laughs) So yeah, it was nice. Okay. Um, you know, just to kind of like wrap or wrap things up, um, I'm definitely going to have to have you on again because I just love talking with you and you have so much knowledge to give. But what would be some takeaways? I know that you gave you know advice on competing, but what would be some takeaways that you want to give um, to the audience? It could be one, one to three, you know, just key takeaways. Yeah. Um, gosh dang. You know, I 
I really that that book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy by Paul Check, is it changed my life ten years ago, uh, and I still reference it, and um, I recommend it all the time. And I would just yeah tell people to check that. Sorry, there's some construction going on here. That's okay. But um, just uh, that's a really good book to just have to cover kind of all areas uh, of your life with you know from nutrition to stress to to sleep to um, you know making sure that you're not having uh, any chemical exposure at work or at your house. Um, because gosh, you know, like I don't think people understand like how much comes through our skin. Um, and speak like we spoke on water earlier. Like getting a shower filter um, may be the very thing that takes someone out of adrenal fatigue or um, cures them, treats them of their Hashimoto's. Or uh, I had Hashimoto's for um, for like a year. Um, and typically I guess when you have Hashimoto's, like you have Hashimoto's, um, no one ever talks about really of treating themselves of that, but I, I did. Um, and it, it just came, a lot of it was the stuff that we've been talking about, making sure that I'm drinking clean water, um, making sure that your mindset is good and make sure that you're getting quality nutrition and you're getting enough of it. Um, the, the mindset thing is huge. I don't think people really understand that like stress can kill you and there's all types of stress. There's psychological stress, there's physical stress, there's thermal stress, there's chemical stress, there's electromagnetic stress. And, and every one of those all gets handled by the body the same. It doesn't discriminate towards, you know, or treat one stress different than the other. Um, so and again, that book, that book talks about that. And, uh, so I would just, I would tell people to, to get that book. Um, okay. what else? Um, little takeaways. You know what? I, I love your kind of introduction to the show and, and the takeaway from that, like just do your own research. Do your own scientist um, and don't don't just take my word for it. Anything. Don't take anyone's thing like something, watch something, study something, see if it resonates with you. Like see if, if, and if it doesn't, move on. And if there is something that touches you um, to implement it, like try to integrate it into your life and then... If it's worse, get rid of it. <laughs> and, right? <laughs> uh, if it's the same, maybe just keep playing with it. And if it's if it's if it sticks, if it sticks, then um, then you know it's good. And if it's something that kind of fades away, like for instance, I might try a supplement, and I might be told that this supplement can help me with X, Y, and Z. So I take the supplement and. I know the studies say that like it's going to do X, Y, and Z, but I haven't noticed anything. Most times, it very naturally just works its way out of my life. And I don't even like intentionally do that. Uh, it just kind of happens very naturally. So just 
read stuff, listen to stuff, watch stuff until you hear something or read something or see something that kind of, I call it the Jesus punch. Um, kind of, it kind of just, it hits you and it almost like makes you a little emotional or, um, just, uh, you're just like, Oh wow. Like I, I think that's maybe, you know, something I could work on and just work on it for a little bit and, and see if it changes your life. And if it does awesome, if it doesn't like carry on, just move on to the next little thing. So just be your own, be your own researcher. Don't, I hate saying this too. Like don't trust. It's hard to find a really good doctor these days. Like when I had my Hashimoto's thing, and I, I also have an eye disease um, called keratoconus. And I'm I'm a pretty even though I'm just like a dude, um, I'm I'm pretty well educated. Like I've I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. I uh, I love studying stuff online. Um, I love signing up for little courses and things here and there. Um, so I'm and I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm the smartest guy in the world or like. Like doctors don't know anything, but working with a lot of them, um, I've been able to find out and and treat myself better than most doctors have been able to help and treat me. Um, so I think we give a lot of these white coats way too much authority, and um, and honestly, nobody should know you better than you. And so to just like take it upon yourself to learn more about yourself and and study so that you can understand yourself more not just physically but emotionally and as well and um and and just embrace that journey man and and take yeah again take it upon yourself to um to come up with uh creative solutions to your uh lifestyle related problems and um and like yeah. So again, I'm not trying to dog on the medical system at all. I just, and I had, I, I, I've seen a lot of doctors for things that, you know, problems that I've had and, and most of them just put you on bug to cover up a, your problem. Um, so, um, again, they're not all, they're not all bad, but, um, yeah. And, and food is medicine. That's uh, like almost every single problem I've ever had, I've been able to solve with food when I, when it comes to my physical problems, um, you know, maybe not sleeping well or Hashimoto's or, uh, or low testosterone or, or, um, or I'm not recovering fast enough or, uh, my stomach hurts. Like food, food is, is medicine and, and we need to, we need to start treating it kind of that way. Um, gosh, any other real takeaways that hopefully don't sound like rants? Um, I love rants. <laughs> um, man, uh, ditch, ditch the TV. Um, especially if you have one in your bedroom, like no TVs belong in the bedroom. Um, I just went to a friend's house not long ago and they don't even have a TV, uh, in their house. Um, like, I think that's really cool. There's just, there's so many agendas being pushed on, 
on television. Uh, and same with the news, like uh, all the news is controlled by like kind of one of, one of maybe sixties. Um, and those entities are definitely having things being, um, published for their own, you know, personal needs and agendas to be met. Um, it's crazy, man. Like during the whole coronavirus thing, Jenny and I pieced out like, coronavirus was not existent in our reality for gosh, 30, 40 days. Like outside of the fact that we had to now move to like online programming for our gym, we, and unless we went to like the grocery store or something, which we only did like once a week, we totally forgot that there was a pandemic even going on. Like Mm -hmm. we literally had no idea. We were, we were off of social media for the most part. We were, we, we, I don't watch TV. I haven't, I haven't watched television and it's probably been like four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I truly attribute it to one of the greatest reasons why I feel the way I feel and I'm able to act the way I act because I don't have all this anxiety and and depression that is and fear that is thrust upon me um by by news media outlets um so just like stay off of that stuff uh you'll you'll be healthier because of it like and even before all the pandemic stuff we all knew that the news only really ever covers bad news you know, no, they, they never have anything really like overly positive or great to share. Um, it's most of the time, a bunch of negative shit. Um, so just like, it's okay to set boundaries for yourself and, and kind of remove the negativity from your life and you'll probably be better for it. So again, kind of ranty. <laughs> I love it. I haven't watched the news in like five years and I only watched it a little bit because um, my the person I was dating at the time watched the news, but it's been very life-changing and I agree with what you said. It has helped me be the person that I am today. 100%. Yeah. Um, just a little overview, you know, thank you so much for tuning, uh, for having be on my podcast, Sam, like I'd spend, you have helped me think about some things that, you know, I want to change in my life and things that I haven't thought about, like thought about, but not really thought about, especially with water. But, you know, um, just to recap, um, Sam has been in the fitness realm since 2012 and it's 2020, you know, and he has never stopped trying to make himself better and change himself. And, you know, if you take anything away is like, be your own scientist, you know, take control of your life. You have the ability and the answers to manifest the life that you want to live. And, you know, life is trial and error and you never stop until the day you die. Like there's no end point, you know, six week challenge or 12 week challenge, no quick fix, no band-aids on a wound that you just keep putting on there. Like if something doesn't work, there's always something else. You know, we live in a world with so many opportunities that we're just so quick to think, oh, I'm a failure. And I agree with Sam. I feel like that the media and just, you know, in general, people are so quick to say that you fail, but it's never failure. It's always learning. There's always something to learn and self, you know, discover. And 
when he was giving some tips, you know, talking about water, your body is 60% water. You need to be drinking half your body weight in ounces and replenishing the minerals and um, that we are losing with our soil and mass production. And, you know, the shit quality that's out there, it's always quantity. It has been and always will be. And less is more, y'all. Like, it's just not, oh, if I'm not getting something, well, I need to do more of this. No, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, what are you doing currently? Do you have a 20 page list of stuff? Well, then we probably need to take some of that away, you know, um, kind of decoding your life and seeing, okay, what do I want to keep? Like what is serving me and what is no longer, you know, serving me and just three takeaways. You've got to look at that book and it's on my list now, Paul check, eat, move and be healthy. And just really understanding how you can really, um, have a quality life and you don't always have to like go to doctors and be on pills and medications and going into that doing your research. And I agree with Sam, we're not saying that doctors don't have, you know, the knowledge and the base, but a lot of them is just, they are, you know, backed by the pharmaceutical companies and trying to write these prescriptions and different things. And, you know, even a coach too, like it, the person that's asking questions really has the best interest in you. You know, not listening and telling you what to do. It's asking you questions because that's where the answer lies. You know, how is your sleep? How is your water? How is your stress? You know, and it's not the glamorous things because it takes time and it's getting uncomfortable. I mean, getting comfortable in the uncomfortable and those like confrontational things that we don't want to talk about. And last thing is like ditch the TV you know, I know there's like Netflix and different things out there and like fun movies to watch, but like reading books, it's where it's powerful and knowledge. Is yeah. Powerful. And even, even gosh, and even Netflix might have, you know, some agenda behind it too. Um, you know, they literally can just put in front of your face, what you, they watch, whatever they want. And, and, um, and, and you might think that, it was just your interest and that the algorithms decided to pull that up uh, like it was just for you. Um, and yeah, so read some books, listen to some podcast podcasts. Gosh, damn podcaster. There you are. Podcaster. Great. Like there's, there's and like Paul checks podcast. So, and let me have a little disclaimer, like, and this goes for anything that I read, that I study, like I am not Paul Check. Like my the way that I think, what I believe, the way that I act, is I, I am not him. Like so there's things that Paul does that I wouldn't do. And there's things that he says that I might not say. I don't get all bent out of shape about it. I just, again, I find the things that he says that resonate and that I'm interested in. And I just start applying it and I see if there, it, it results in greater, uh, greater change. And, and there's a lot of things that, that he talks about in his podcast and shows that have really, really helped me in his book. Um, there's definitely some things that'll touch uh, touch some buttons um, and uh, and trigger you, but honestly, nowadays that I go I go like kind of hunting for the trigger. Like I I'm looking for things that um, make me uncomfortable and 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 make me want to have a reactive response uh, because I know that's where the work is and that's where I need to start practicing. Uh, there's obviously some sort of program running that 
is um, maybe needs to go. <laughs> right. Uh, or I just need to become aware of, right? So, um, so you know, whenever whenever you're triggered or whenever you uh, overreact to something without, um, without reacting. Yeah. Just like to basically choose your reaction, not just to react, but uh, to uh, observe uh, the feeling that you're having and, um, and then to choose how you wish to creatively emote that. Um, that, that for me is where the practice is at right now. And I, I don't really go hunting for things to trigger me. Um, but, uh, I, I do, I do recognize that when I am being triggered, that this is an opportunity for me to grow and learn. And, um, so I kind of get excited when I get a little triggered and I, I do my best to not react. I still, I am fully human and i react poorly often. Um, I'm just trying to reduce the probability of me having a reoccurring, um, uh, poor reaction, uh, that has happened in the past. So, um, there, yeah. So cool. Hopefully that was like, I don't know if we went over on time or if we can talk more about how you're doing and, and hopefully this is, uh, this is, uh, good for your audience. And I'm, I'm so pleased to be, um, on your show and, and sharing some time with you. And it was a pleasure to, to get to know you and, uh, you are a warrior woman and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very happy and energized knowing that there's people like you doing what you're doing. That means so much that you say that because likewise to you, you know, I mean, when I started this podcast, you know, like I said, I don't, I didn't have like an agenda. It was just that I wanted to have a platform where people come on and we just help people share stories and ways to empower people to be themselves and not, you know, be so tunnel vision or brainwashed into thinking this is the, you know, only way and I'm feisty and there's, there's always a solution. There's never an end point, you know? And like, we got to be curious. Like we have to be more curious. We can't just think like this is the, you know, only way or there's one side than the other. Like it's never good when we be, when we're divided, you know, like you said, meet in the middle. It's better to be in the middle than one side or the other. So yeah. Thank you, Sam. If you guys um, have not, Sam Dancer is on Instagram. Please follow him. He uh, just puts out really good content or shares what's on his mind or different perspectives of people that share things that resonate with him. And I've been following him forever and, uh, well, not forever, but for a good majority of time. And, um, he's really helped me in my journey and my, you know, quotations, weirdness in my, um, spiritual journey and all of that. So thank you all again for, I mean, thank you for your time, Sam, but thank you guys for your time. Remember time is one of the most valuable currencies that we have. And you get to spend that however you want and just appreciate you spending that time with me. Of course. And um, whenever uh, whenever you'd like to do these, you you know how to get a hold of me. So um, I love you, Shelby. And um, yeah, thanks again for having me. All right. Bye.